<laughs> hey guys, um, how you guys doing by the way? Before you listen to the episode for this week, I'd like to invite you to be a part of the 33 Project, which is the education and scholarship fund that I'm putting together to um, help indigent children and families in Nigeria. It's one of my initiatives for this coming new year. I'm hoping to raise um, $3,300. That's $1,000 for every year that I have, you know, that would have been a life. To be a part of that, all you just have to do is donate towards it. And all you want to share the link to um, your friends and your family and share it on your Facebook page and Instagram or wherever. Just share it. And no amount is too small. And um, most of the recipients are going to be from Nigeria anyways. And a dollar goes a long way. It's a long stretch. So to put it in better context, a dollar is actually like 360 naira. So with $50, you can actually pay for someone's tuition. And I'm not saying you should put, you know, $50 down. Whatever you can put down, $10, $20, $5, hey, I'll take it. I don't discriminate against money. And for those listening in Nigeria, the Paystack link is also up. And I'm going to put it in the show notes. You can also be a part of this. But anyways, I hope you guys um help me to achieve this dream. So let's um be part of something great through the the three project by the Marcible podcast. Yeah, I think that's it. Enjoy the show then. And thank you so much. Hello, everyone. I am Marcibel, and this is the Marcibel Podcast. All right. Um, welcome back, everyone, to the show. This is the Marcibel Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. And I'm your host with the mostest, mostable, Nigerian born, US educated, Korean speaking, struggling intellectual. Today I have a rare um, opportunity to have a special guest on the show, and not only on the show, by my dining table. The dining table that is very famous for hosting people from around the world. And this is very special because she is the first person from this country that I have, I would say, personally interacted with. And, um, so let me just go ahead without sounding like I'm trying to drag this on. Her name is Marie Claire Mukashika. See, I, I just butchered that. Mukashak. It's okay. close. It's close. No, but I want to get it. You know how these Americans butcher our names and then we just say it's okay. Like, you did a good job. Always trying to pander to them. I'm your African sister. So. Mukashak. Mukashika. Mukashika. Yes. And you told me you meant something about women warrior or something? A courageous woman. Ah, yes. I love that. So, she was born and raised in Rwanda in East Africa. She is number five of seven children with three brothers and three sisters and five nieces and three nephews. She moved to the U.S. in 2012 for college education at Oklahoma Christian University, where she studied with a B.S. in biochemistry in 2016. So she started graduate school at OUHSC in where I work, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center in 2016 and just graduated with an MS, a master's in science, a master's of science in pharmaceutical sciences. This was just recently. So um, everyone join me welcoming Claire to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How do you say thank you in uh, Kenya, Rwanda? We say Morakos. Morakos. It kind of sounds a little bit of Swahili and Portuguese. Who colonized you guys? Who are your oppressors? Germans. Yeah, we got Germans for a short while. And then I confuse, you know, I know the the French names, but that uh, was Allemagne. That's German, uh, I think. Yeah. And then we got Belgium. Uh, so you guys were like, the, like, like what's the name? So the country, like Zambia in that way. And Angola, maybe Congo is the one that I'm sure. I know Zambia because they have roads. Um, his sort like the roads guy because they call it Rhodesia. Yeah, yeah. I got German for a short while though, and then I'll uh, Belgium. Ah, I see. I see. Yes. Man, the scramble for Africa. Anyways, um, so welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on today, and um, she even brought her family members, so uh, aunt and her uncle are here as well, but you won't be hearing from them. So um, tell me, tell me just a little bit more about you, Rwandan. Growing up there, what was it like? And 
um, were you, what year were you born? Like, I want to date you because of the big historical thing. <laughs> I want to predict, I want to carbon date you because I have a lot of questions for you. I was born in 1993. Oh, wow. So, just uh, a year before. Yeah, just a year before genocide. Wow. So it happened when I was one year old. I don't know much about it. It was just, I was always carried in the back of my sister. <laughs> and uh, growing up after that was kind of rough. Because we see people trying to survive and trying to rebuild their se- themselves, and um, the new government was coming in and kind of like building up what was destroyed before. So it was it was rough, like just looking what's happening as a kid, like what's going on, what's happening, why, why is everybody angry, why is, but yeah. Wow, I mean, I remember with the the horror I felt. By watching um, Idris Elba play that character sometime in April. Mm. And I know that, you know, what they put in that, however long that movie was, two, three hours, it pales in comparison to what you guys experienced because there's only so much you can fit in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, actually, yesterday I was talking to my uncle about it and he was telling me what happened. I'm like, I, I can never understand that. Because to me, it just sounds like history or, you know, even when I look at pictures or movies, it just, sometimes it's just like montage, you know? I don't quite get it, but it was horrible. According to what he was saying, he was like, just like, instead of this thing happening again, well, I'm still alive, I, I would like to die before it happens really? again. So it was, it was bad. It was terrible. Man, uh, so for those that are, if you, if you don't know what happened in Rwanda, this was between, I think, April 7th and July 15th? Yes, yeah. 1994? Yeah. I mean, within that span of, I mean, how many months a million people were estimated to have died? And you know, in Africa, if you say a million people, it means like 10 million people died. Exactly, yes. And it's called the Rwandan Genocide or the Genocide Against the Tutsi. Yes. And it was a mass slaughter of Tutsi and moderate Hutu in Rwanda. Yes. And we really don't, we don't know um, what happened, but I think... They traced it to the death of the president then. Yeah, um, that's why they tried Abba to Yarimana, do, yeah. But, but it was something that was always planned for. I want to think, because the mindset should have, they probably laid the seed of us versus them. Yes. So that was just a global incident. To like It was a low-hanging fruit to, yes, to exactly. ex- like spark yeah. the fire. But there was always kerosene or gasoline already on the floor. Yes, because even, yeah, I believe, was it in the 50s, they exiled people. Like, the Tutsi were exiled from the country. They went outside. And that's why. So, the people who came to rescue the country, they are, those who were exiled back in the 50s. So, they rushed back in the country. Uh, so, because the, the Hutus, I think in, in 1950, the Hutus, um, they overthrew the Tutsi monarchy. Yes. Yeah. And um, so, a lot of Tutsis had to flee flee to, like, neighboring countries and all that. Yeah. Is it, 50, I think it's... 59 or so? 73, because we got... No, it's 1959. Don't worry, I know the history of that. It's my history. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, I I have a I have a fetish for history. So it's, it's probably in seventies. Because got uh, when did we get independence? Sixty-four, I believe. Yeah. And so after that, in seventies, that's when the fighting started and the divisions. Yeah. But uh, I mean, so one of the big things we have in my country, Nigeria, is. People tell you we have three tribes, but mm. I mean, there are more than three tribes, but three major tribes mm. <laughs> before the command told me now, because uh, I'm talking from a place of privilege because I'm part of one of the bigger tribes. Mm. Is um, one of the big tribes, right? So rather, is when the British handed power, they handed it to a particular set of people, the houses, the mm. northern parts. Mm. And so to them, it feels like a right to always, you know, rule the country. The power balance has always tilted in their favor at the expense of minority groups. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe those from the middle belt or even to a lesser degree, like the hip ebos who haven't like brewed like for a very long time. Was that something similar that happened in your country as well? When maybe the Belgians were handing power during independence, did they like name one group the majority at the expense of the other group? Mm, it's so these there were normally three divisions, divisions, uh, uh tribes. Yeah. And those are, were just like social economical divisions. Yeah. So once you were um, rich, had um, enough cows, I don't know how that's called, cattle, uh-huh. and you have a lot of land, then you were in the upper division, which mm. was Tutsi. Yeah. And then you were just by agriculture. 
just in the middle you were Hutu and then uh, once you were down like oh, so uh, it's, just it's, hunters and those people down there was just Twa they are called Twa so it's a social mobility thing yes and one day you lose your car and you move down and be Hutu oh my goodness so you can buy your way up Yes. The ladder. Yeah. Wow. Not so that's how we used to be. That's how and because you guys speak the same language? We speak the same language, same, cu- same culture. And it's hard to even, like, so this is me being a little bit tribalistic, but there's a way you can pick out a, a Yoruba girl or a Hausa girl or an Igbo girl yeah, from the mix. Yeah, of course there is a way. There's a way you can, but it blends at certain times. It's just like, you can't really tell. There is, of course, they made, uh, during when they were starting making the genocide and stuff, they made some features to those people that they wanted to kill, yeah. their characteristic features. But in the end, really, it's just like, you would see people in other groups that, that, were, that, were, that, that were, they were hunted as well. Yes. So. I think it's historical. What really happened was the Belgians considered the Tutsi to be superior to the Hutus. Yes, because they were the rich ones. They were the rich ones, yeah. Of course, and they enjoyed a lot of um, that perks, I think, for the next 20 years or so. And then, of course, um, because it was us versus them, there were a lot of resentments among the Hutus and that caused the riot in 1959. Yeah. To a lesser degree, like, it was like 20,000 people were killed. It wasn't as bad compared to, um, what happened in 1994. Because that was when a lot of, um, Tutsis were fleeing to countries like Burundi to mm-hmm. Tanzania and Uganda. And then, I think when the Belgians were in the Christ power and they granted independence in 1962, that was when, you know, the Hutus took their place and then the Tutsis. So I think, this is one thing we can learn because it's the same thing that happened in German camps and all that. It's when we, cons- con- when we, or uh, sorry, European Jews that were sent off to Austria and all that. When we have this within a country or within a group, when we have this us versus them and we let those kind of um, ideologies divide us, because it's not, it doesn't start in one day. It's, you know, these people are here. They're, they're the ones making it hard for us. Well, you, you blame all your problems or, whatever handicaps you have on a group of people. Like, it's an ideology, really. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, yeah. It's just an ideology. Yeah. And that's why we, even now, we're trying to fight. Like, you have to think that you're the same. You you are the same as everybody. There's no differences. Yeah. So it's just ideology, really. I mean, I mean, I think the good thing about your country is you guys speak the same language. I mean, historically, you can, you can say you descended. And you're so small, too. Like, the fourth smallest country in Africa. I don't know if it's the smallest. It's the fourth it's smallest. Among. It's among the Yeah, smallest. it's the fourth smallest one. It's not yeah. that big, you know? Yeah, it's the seventh of Oklahoma State. Yes. <laughs> I can drive, I can drive like <laughs> maybe 30 minutes. minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> i like, yay, I have conquered Rwanda. So, um, yes. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you weren't born then, like you were born a, uh, a year before, but in trying to be about the country, what would you say what your childhood was like? What was your first earliest childhood memory, if you can remember? My earliest childhood memory. It's just like I'll I'll sit at home if we're talking about this genocide related stuff and uh we'll see people. So we were we lived in a place that like few miles from us there was this forest mm-hmm. where people were fighting from the killers were fighting from because mm-hmm. once the uh RPF came in, yeah. They they these people, the killers they moved to uh remote areas, they moved to forest and stuff. So they were close to that forest and then the people would come and take them from there. So you always see people coming bound, uh like in handcuffs going through going across. So I always remember that pictures of seeing people going that and the um I always wondered like what did they do? Why do they have to put them in handcuffs and they were just driven like that. So that that's what I remember related to genocide. Uh but other than that so that's the Rwanda patriotic front, right? They were the rebel, yes. they were the guerrilla. I definitely don't saying that way. The guerrilla groups, they were the political party in Rwanda, and yes, I the think, political party in Rwanda. It's the leading right now. Yeah, it's the, the one, one that, uh, that ended up the, ended the yeah. Sorry, they went they, they countered the genocide. And I think that's where Kagame's party is from, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, the current president. Party, yes, uh-huh. yes. So that's what I remember, like related to genocide, really, and um, and then seeing people coming back home and their houses are gone, their things are gone, destroyed. And families were separated. Yes, families separated. You will see people coming back home. There is nobody left. Um, yeah, that's what I remember. So, like, what, did any of your family get? You know, did you lose any part of any member of your family during the war? Yes, yeah, we did. 
was that like for you? Most of them I didn't know them really. Yeah, because we're babies. So it's just like in history, we lost this, we lost this person, we lost this person. But yeah. Yeah, and what was cool like for you? Like when you guys had to be, all be in the same schools, like with from different tribes. Like how are they? Like how how were the teachers of the school as a, as an institution? able to harmonize that one one that um afterwards really i didn't get any kind of divisions in schools at okay. all because we started with the new government okay and, um like w- what we were saying to make to have the country be in order yeah. we worked so hard for that yeah. so there was like a rule that you don't have there's no division division is not allowed like nothing such not such a thing as division so by the time i started school everybody was just the same of course some of us were traumatized and all. Yeah. And besides that, it was just like similar. Nobody was thinking you this, you this, you that. Yeah. No. And you guys are the ones grown up now. You're the millennials. Yes. But I can imagine there's still some factions of older people that might still have those old ideologies. Yes, they are. Now, how how are they contained? And I'm all about free expression and free ideologies being passed. But the problem I have is when we don't speak the truth and we don't we don't I don't believe in suppressing one speech at the you know expense of the other person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people need to air their BS so that you can at least let them hear what they're you know can you hear what you're saying right now and here's why I think you need to reconsider your stance. Mm-hmm. How are they being contained? Do you think those kind of voices are so suppressed? Uh, that's hard to say. Uh, at least in the country, you don't see them vocalize that because it's 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 ruthless. You know, if you look back at what happened. You really want to vocalize that and be like, yeah, so I believe this is what, this is, no. It's just like in the country, at least, there's no such a thing. But uh, in the diaspora, yeah. people have the freedom of speech. Of speech, so they can like say things, but then they can say that can only go so far. It's like a ballistic you're sending from U.S. to, to Rwanda. Yes, yeah. It's going to like stop somewhere. Uh-huh. And most of the time, since they're not in the country, yeah. they believe, some of them, I believe that they still believe in the Rwanda of 90s, yeah. in the Rwanda of 80s. Mm. They don't have no idea what's going on in the country right now, and they hold on to those uh, ideologies of the past, yeah. And that's what drives them. But once you get in the country and see what's happening, really, it's like, yeah, I mean, I won't blame them because a lot of them were traumatized. Because I, I mean, I've read a lot of um articles from survivors, yes. I know they have like one group in the UK, they meet quite regularly every I think this year was actually a 25th anniversary of the yes, you yeah, know. The um, Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It was like twenty fifth anniversary, and um, Brandon, the guy I was telling you about from Humans of New York, he did a series on you know Rwandan survivors. A, a lot of them fled. The ones that could flee, that was they fled to like the UK, and some haven't even come back since then because yes. it's such it's such I can imagine such a stark yeah. reminder of everything yeah, they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people they just they're like I don't want to go back. Yes, yeah. it's like hell to them. Yeah. that's what they feel like. And yeah, it's it's understandable, really. So, do you, as a millennial, even though you weren't really there there when it happened, you're still young, you weren't sentient and all that. For now, what does um Quibu come into you, which is like the remembrance? Like every year that you can remember, how do you how do you honor that, and how what kind of feelings you know are evoked in you? The feeling is just like thinking that really what happens to so take this week because we have like a very uh, concentrated week uh, about all this what in happened. april right yes mm-hmm. the history looking back at the history and like as a millennial who wasn't there i just like to listen to stories and look at really what happened and with that uh taking that week of concentration on that i see the the bad side like what really happens how horrible that was and that for me just like I wish this would never happen again. Mm. I can do whatever it takes that it will never stop happen it. again. Yeah. To yeah. me or my kids or whatever generation oh, yeah. is yeah. coming. Yeah. So that's why that's that's what I take from there, really looking back and seeing what happens what happened and be like, No, this should never happen again. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. I'm just don't mind me, I'm such a history buff and please know that I have been dying <laughs> no pun intended, to speak with everyone then about this. Just in a because I'm just curious. So my country, we've been blessed with so many things. Mm. We've never had a huge disaster happen to us. Mm. Which, I mean, we can argue for and against. Because sometimes you realize that. Because, I don't know, like, we've not had, like, a, we've had some civil wars here and there. And a lot of lives were lost, you know. Yes, um, yeah. I would acknowledge that. And so I'm wondering, like, because your country has moved 
considerably a long way from now. There's, there's so much eye on Rwanda as a Singapore of um, Africa, and even your president um, Kigame, that touting him to be the next equal new of um, Singapore of, of Rwanda rather. And I'm like, what would it take for a country to realize that people are people? Like putting them in boxes to misalign and to um, exploit mm-hmm. or to pit them against one another doesn't always work. So would you say, and this is so wrong of me asking, are there some blessings you think happened that came from just that history of your country? Now, what happened was terrible. Let me let me just say that in case nobody's hearing. I'm not saying people should go out there and start doing genocides in countries now. Right now, and then working our way backwards from when it happened and then now, what are the good things you said that helped you guys with? I know, I know, but... I understand your point, but uh, looking at the magnitude of what happened, yeah. I, r- I really don't see any light from that moment. You know what I'm And that's okay, yeah. I don't see anything. I know that maybe we learned a lesson and we're building from that. Of course, everything teaches you a lesson. Yeah. But I wish we... If you want to learn, that is... We had learned another way, not yeah. that way. I wish we had learned another way. Like so, an easier way, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't see anything. <laughs> And that's really okay. I hope I don't get like <laughs> I don't get pitchforks and angry responses to that question. I was just exploring, guys. Genocide is bad. Killing people is bad. Um, tribalism, whatever isms out there, bad. Um, so let's go back to number five of seven. <laughs> wow, your parents really loved each other. If you know what I mean. We <laughs> don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I once read somewhere a long time ago. Oh yeah, let me read that. Your birthdays are a constant reminder that at least your parents had sex once. But in your case, at least they had sex seven times, at least. <laughs> and they're not twins, right? No. So yeah, my math was right. So tell me, what was the family dynamic like? Like you know, between the firstborn and the and then how are you? Just tell me about your siblings and you can do a shout out to them and then dispersion and all. That. Okay, so uh, the younger two, I mean the oldest two, their uh, sisters, their girls. Mm-hmm. The first girl, girl. How old is she? She's uh, she was born in, in eighty three. So okay, thirty six. Okay, yeah, she's thirty six. And then the second one is a girl, and then we had a boy, mm-hmm. a boy, and then me, and then a boy, and then a boy, and then a girl. Wow. So I'm like between boys. So yeah. I'm never associated with my older sisters. Was your she's like a mom? Probably made, made like a yes. mom role. My oldest sister, she's like my mom. Yeah, and I can imagine that when you when she was home, you were out of the house. When she was when you grew up, she was out of the house. Yeah, in a way. she was in boarding school. So, oh yeah. So I never associated with them. And then my younger sister, she's way too young for me. So I always always. So you you, you flipped the stage down. The way you were not associated with your older sister, your younger sister now is kind of looking at you like, oh, she's she's like a mom. You're like a mom yes, to her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure right now she looks at me like. <laughs> Who died and made you king or queen? Yeah, so yeah. I grew up as a tomboy, really. Like, yeah. I wear my same clothes with my brothers. Uh, people didn't know that I was a girl. They were just, because my name is so feminine, so they would listen to my name. They would be like, oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thought I was a guy. I was a boy because I just grew up with my brothers. Yeah. And, um, I was lucky my parents, they never had those, that ideology that you're a girl. You have to grow up, yeah. You have to be too clean at home, you have to cook or yeah. anything. I'll just run with my brothers everywhere. And they will let you? Yes, they will let me. Uh, my mom will let me. I'll just go run out, run away with my brothers, go watch cows. like just be Watching cows? Is that like a pastime in Rwanda? Yes. What do you, What about cows are interesting to watch when they follow? Oh, not, not, not like watching cows. Like herds? Yeah, so we have cows and we love cows. Uh, so wait, is it is it a country that you pay you can pay tuition in cows? Yes, I mean, uh, bride. Uh, bride price? Not bride price. Well, you won't call it bride. bride you won't, sorry, not the PC word for it. Like the yeah. bride thing to set up a family. Yes, the bridal package. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So we have this conversation. How they don't call dowry, it bride price? The dowry. dowry. Yes. Hey, AKA bride price. Dowry, yes. Wait, seriously, like like tuition you can pay in cows. Yeah, you can. It used now? to be. Used to be. Now you have. Of course, you have to give money. Oh, I see. So you can just sell the cow. Yes. Okay. But for dowry, we still give cows. Yeah, they do a little bit of that. Some people yeah. do goats and whatnot in my country. So, yeah. I got a goat. 
Oh, you gotta go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it will be crazy, Rwanda. You gotta go. Through. I, you gotta go. Oh, that is my, the way. I'm, <laughs> yeah, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> hey, that's my husband's family. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Different, different countries. <laughs> I couldn't care less what they got. I don't care about things like that. I got the man. That was what mattered. I know. <laughs> And he's more than a cow, if you know what I mean. He's my cash cow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole there. So, but, um. So yeah, cows are really important. So we used to watch out for them. What's the word? Like, you take care of the cows. Yeah. Go outside, look like, you know. And I know cows are really them. intelligent. They're very, yeah, very intelligent. They're, they're yeah. Very intelligent. We don't give them credit for, you know, just how they're very, very intelligent. Cool and yeah. my dad loved cows. Like wow. Do you guys kill them? Do you milk them? Do you we eat them? We milk them, everything. Ah, okay. And we give them for that already. <laughs> <laughs> Stop insisting on that. So, um, so you grew up like that and then. Yes, yeah, so it was just a tomboy. Tomboy. Yeah, I can relate to that. So, you sound, you, to me, I would think you were the rebel one in your house. Cause the way I say it, cause, you are the only one, and the only one so far from your siblings yeah. that that moved to the U.S. <laughs> like, how were you able to? Like, it wasn't usually when I talk to my friends that have siblings. They're like, oh, my sister came, my brother came, and I decided to join them. Mm-hmm. You had nobody here. Like, yeah. what formed your U.S. dream, and how were you able to convince your parents that it was an okay idea to I, send you across the world? They didn't send me. <laughs> so the, the when I was young, um, I guess I was bright. They said so. Duh. You are bright. <laughs> they bright so. like a diamond. All my teachers were just like, you're so bright and blah, blah. So I, I grew up with a dream that I will uh, do my studies out like elsewhere. Yeah. You know those African kids with dreams to go study Girl, outside. Me and you. <laughs> Europe, US. Did you read a lot of books from the U- that show the US life? Did you watch a lot of movies as well? Not really. So we, I grew up in a remote area. We didn't have electricity. Yeah. No running water. We just go get water from the river. So how did you? How how are you here? <laughs> no, no, no. That I find no because my grandma, you know, grew up that way. But how were you able to move up in such a way to be it's, here? I don't know. It's just I I don't know. I really don't know. Whenever I look back, uh, I don't understand it myself. I think it's just God. It's it's God. Because who? I mean, statistically, you should still be there yes, keeping cows and and wearing your brother's like ten, ten kids, now, which yes, wouldn't be bad yeah. if that's what you wanted. Yeah, and doing a good culture. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but but then my mom was really um supportive of education herself. Uh, she didn't get as much education as so she wanted, wanted to make sure you guys did. So yes, yeah, she made sure, and my dad was always like, "This is the only inheritance that I can give you. Go to school. <laughs> there is no excuse. Go to school." So I grew up in that house where they're like education first. Everything else, no. So your parents really put um? Did they have college degrees? No. Wow. So they knew, they knew the importance yeah, of... Not even high school. I wow. think my dad only went to, um, till primary school. Wow. My mom did the half of high school, just like ordinary level. Okay, let me, let me, let me put... Because one thing I noticed about you, and I, and I think I do that is we forget how far we've come. Exactly. No, just close your eyes for a second and think about one person. Same pair, you grew up, your neighbor probably, a girl. What's she doing right now? That grew up in the same place you grew Maybe like just a stone throw. You could actually see the cows from that person's house. Where is she right now? She's back home. Doing what? Um, going to the farm every morning to grow vegetables and beans and uh And that, that could be a superb life for her. She might tell you she enjoys it, she likes it. There's no, I'm not trying to put that person down. But you knew you wanted more. Yeah. So imagine we had settled for that. And see how far you've come. I know, yeah. So yeah, always remember that. Sometimes and like, <laughs> and sometimes you feel like, like getting here was like I don't deserve this. Like almost like it's a dream, and you you sometimes you find yourself having that small mindset like I shouldn't be here. Mm, yeah, it comes sometimes, but yeah. then other times I'm like, yeah, this is where God wants me to. Yeah. So yeah, that's how that's where I grew up. Um, and so like the primary school I went to. Yeah. Uh, so we do national exams after that. The WIAC? What do you guys call yours? Uh, it's called just national exams. Oh, we call our, okay, how's is West African Examination Council? So Gambia, Syria, Nigeria, Ghana. Oh, ours the West is just Africa. national for, at primary level. Unless you go to the pre- pre- uh, 
private schools? Yeah, private uh, school, okay. like this rich private mm-hmm. school. But just from pu- public schools, just national exam. And so from that, um, like in a class of 30 people, only one, two students are able to pass that. Mm-hmm. And when you pass that, then you're able to go to middle school, to secondary oh. school. So we don't pass it. What happens? You drop out, or you just you try again? Out. Unless your family is rich to take you to a private school. But two people—that's a very low number, yeah, though. It's, it's low number. That's 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 how that's, where I came that's from. Educational disparity, right there. I know. So yeah. I mean, you already disparate disparate enough by being in that kind of environment because it's of a lower socioeconomic status. Before I reduce the pool, I mean that's yeah, yeah. So. And uh, I was able to pass my national exam. I went to a nun's boarding school. Oh, you went to a boarding house too? Yes. I did for six years. Yes. I six call years. it internment camp. AKA <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, prison. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I love my prison though. <laughs> three years was hellish and then th- the last three years were fun. <laughs> okay. I enjoyed my first three years. <laughs> I don't know how yours worked, but if you're first, you get bullied a lot. But awful, horrible seniors and they make you do crazy stuff. I know. But I, I still have anxieties from there. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my first three years. Yeah. I had so much fun at that school. Okay. For six years? No, for three years. Uh, and then I did another national exam. You do. Mm-hmm. And then you can move on to advanced level of secondary school. Mm-hmm. So then I moved to another school. I was in Kigali. So the previous one was just in the west of the country. What's it called? Uh, Collège Saint-Marie. Oh, okay. What's the name of your the rural area, the rural place you grew up in? Uh, it's called uh, Kibuye. Kibuye. Yes. A lot of the names are Kiki in them. Kigali, Kibuye, Kibuye. Kibuye. Yeah. Kinyarwanda. Kiki, Kiki. 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 Oh, gosh. I'm a horrible hostess. <laughs> you know, you're fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so from, from the advanced level, and then what made you apply to? Because you got your college degree here, right? Yes. So from advanced Will level. Were you getting, sorry, before I answer that, were you getting scholarships to go through school, or were your parents able to afford that? No, I, I got, so my parents died when I was in P5. How old were you? I was 11. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were in boarding house then, right? Mm-hmm. Were you in boarding house, like, the first three years of school? No, no, no. I wasn't in boarding school yeah it was in primary school oh my goodness was I 11? no 11 but it should be in secondary school high school oh. um, i was still in primary school because i uh they died in all four there's but in three so i was 11 oh i see what yeah. happened uh, they got sick and died both <laughs> so of them <laughs> yes in wow. the same month what uh, so yeah, okay, we're gonna talk about that, but let's finish the education bit because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, seven kids! Yes. Okay, no, kids. I need to know how you guys did and, it. Um, my sister was twenty-one. Oh, she became mom all of a sudden, yep. and dad. Yep, and everything. Hold on, right. let's wrap it. Let's wrap up the education. <laughs> so you, you, how like how did you decide to come to UCO? I'm oh, sorry, OC. Also, so, so the the long story short, so after that, after they died, then there was no way to pay for education. You see, so I went to boarding school, and I wasn't paying for the all three years. At the end of this three years, because I could not see my uh, national exam results mm-hmm. without paying, my teachers contributed to get that the money. Then they paid for me. So Can we just give a shout out to teachers I right now? Really like I, you guys are I, doing that's a thankless job. But wanna say thank you. Yes, teachers are the best. So Do you know some of their names? You can give them a quick shout out now. Do you remember them? Yes. Uh one of them was Celeste. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite one. Claude, um well Sylvester. Well, thank you so much guys. So you're able to see your results and then yes, I saw of course you passed, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> Flying colors. I'm on a bubble. That's at first. And uh, another one of the, my professors told me that because so, my country is switching to Anglophone system. You were Francophone before? Yeah, right? for, yeah. Francophone. And my Polyphone? Oui, oui. Ah, My first school was like pure Francophone. So really? Was, you spoke French now that? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, is it all of Rwanda that can speak French? Most or? of them. Like older generation. People after me. Like, I didn't know that. Ah, c'est bon, c'est trop bon. Yeah. Continuez, s'il vous plaît. Ah, ok. Mais là, nous parlons français. Un peu. My Korean is better than my French, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, <laughs> oh there was a time I could, I could speak in tongues of French. But <laughs> not anymore. 
So you guys so they contributed money for you and then from and then I moved to another school. So my another professor was like, Go find an Anglophone school. Oh so we're switching to Anglophone and you really want to study and go higher, you need to find an Anglophone school. So I went to the city, uh, to my uncle's house. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for a school. <laughs> Are this from your mom's side or something? No, side? my dad's side. My uncle is a younger brother. Did they look? Did they look alike? Like your dad a lot? Similar. Mm. They look similar, and they grew up as twins. So that's why he's, he's, he's like my dad. <laughs> so yeah, I went to his house. I'm like, I'm looking for an Anglophone school. He's like, from where? How? So he called people he knows. Uh, they're like, no, we can't. So I took myself, went to a school, knocked on the headmistress's door. Wow. Myself, just a kid from a very rural area with mud and <laughs> all those things. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking for a school. She's like, why are you looking for a school? I'm like, I just want to study in an Anglophone school. She's like, where are your results? I'm like, here. Oh, go tell the secretary to to register you. And that was it? That was it. But that school was uh, three times more expensive. more expensive than the previous school. And you didn't have any cows left to sell? No. Uh, but we had some, but now. we always have cow, to have cow. a cow for milk at a house. And, you know, to be <laughs> All of a sudden, your cows are not special anymore. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Who's laughing now, huh? Cowgirl. <laughs> You're making fun of my goat. I guess my goat now is looking more, more sexy to you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you say how did you get money to like get that done? i got a scholarship there you go yeah, i got a scholarship for that and the person who was paying for me they, was a part of the scholarship she thought she, she used to teach at oc oklahoma christian oh. so she was telling me about oklahoma christian and all that oklahoma oklahoma so you knew all about oklahoma my apologies i've been in new york or somewhere else it had to be oklahoma <laughs> and we do have a lot of cows <laughs> i prayed for oklahoma <laughs> really uh, but then the, at the end of the high school the end of secondary school we do another national exam okay that's what that's the equivalent of our own WIAC or gce yes. or NECO. yeah and then if you're in science they used to give us scholarships to go study in the u.s wow so that's how just I science yeah just science mm. <laughs> 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 well, they want to to develop technology and science oh, in the country, you know. So that's how I got a scholarship to the to the US. Yeah. And luckily enough, I went. I came to Oklahoma Christian, which is the one I was familiar with. Yeah, because of the person there. Yes. Yeah. And then you transitioned to. So I met her through. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you guys how we met. So you know how these things people do sometimes, where they see two Africans and they just assume that they know each other, and I. I always like laugh at that, like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Like, there's a Kenyan here. Have you met them before? I'm like, yes, Kenya is just down the road from my house. <laughs> Didn't you know that? But this time around, that kind of played to, you know, our meeting. Um, so I met Claire's, um, supervisor at work or at school where she was a grad student and I had colleagues at work. And so we're just having, it was a faculty meeting and a party somewhere. Like, I have a student. I like, you know, if I had to come see you. Um, maybe she can talk to somebody like you. And I'm like, hey, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you then. I didn't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. And so she walked into my office and, you know, we just talked and I thought, wow, you know, and, and that was the, the, the rest of the says history. So, um, grad school, you tell us what you do. Cause she's, she does amazing work, guys. <laughs> just blow our minds with your, what your, your master's was. I wasn't able to attend your master's defense, but I heard good stuff about it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. That's really good. <laughs> I did. Uh, so I joined graduate school at OUHSC, where uh-huh. more teachers. Um, and I did pharmaco. My lab specializes in pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics. PKPD modeling, guys. That's like a hot topic right now in the industry. Yeah, so that's what I did. That's that's what I do, PKPD modeling. That's all I learned. And that's what I'm going to do for my new job. Right and your stuff was on ovarian, like the... It was on ovarian cancer, yeah. modeling drug distribution, like spatial and temporal. Spatial being like how far can drug get in a solid tumor yeah. and how, like, uh, when time temporal so it was spatial and temporal drug distribution in ovarian cancer tumors yes so um let's dial it back a little bit to your parents mm. so you were your sister was 21 yes when did that you 11 yes how did you guys do it 
Seven kids. And how old was the youngest? Or how young was the youngest? The youngest was um six six years old. Uh until this moment people believe that she's my sister's child. Because <laughs> yes. they look alike and then she goes your they sister's old like enough can, to uh, to birth her. Yeah. She just loves has has herself has and it's funny, my nieces, mm-hmm. my sister's babies, they think that my sister is their big sister. <laughs> so if you say that they are not, she's not her, their sister, yeah. they're going to fight you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Do they live together? Like, they live together. Oh. They live together. So, you know, we have accepted it. Yeah. They're, they're sisters. Oh. <laughs> so, they, they, so your sister was still in university then, I can imagine. No, that. she never, she never went to college. Oh, jeez. So by the time that they died, that's when she wanted to go to college. So she couldn't make it. She couldn't make it. So she stayed. So she sacrificed everything. Yes. Yes. Man. She's our hero. But man, heroes to get frustrated. Like, just imagine what more she could have done with her life if that didn't happen. I'm sure she's happy that you guys turned out well, but she had to sacrifice that. And not many people can do that. Yeah. And not not many people should be asked to do that. It's not an ideal circumstance. I mean, yeah, she's, she's just my hero. She's, she's our hero. Like she sacrificed everything. Cause by that time she was planning to go to college, and yeah. how was it? Until yeah. this moment, she hasn't gone. So what does she do now? She's just a stay-at-home mom. Her um, husband works. Yeah, he works. He gets okay. Yeah, does some small businesses whenever she gets chance. <sighs> Man, I feel like all of you will forever feel indebted to her. Yes. Forever. But you can never pay that back. No, you feel no guilty sometimes that you are here. You know. Uh, of course. Yeah. Did your other siblings go to college? Yes. Uh, my brother is my older. Oh, brother. one of them is in China, right? Yeah, that's the younger brother. Ah. Uh, younger brother. Yeah. Okay. What do you remember your mom like? Because you said she was someone that really had, your parents, both of them, advocated for education. But yes. Um, what's your fondest memory of your mom? My mom was a, a tough woman. She, she had has no to be tough. jokes. She what? <laughs> had no jokes. It's oh, like, you couldn't. <laughs> if, she, if she wants this done, then it should be done. <laughs> <laughs> like yesterday. There's no argument. Yeah. You just <laughs> had to do it. Done. It's, it's done. Yeah. And if you, you have to go to school and come home and, you know. Do your chores and she was yes. straight laced. But above that, uh, she was a really loving woman. I remember that um, on Saturdays when I was not going to school, I had to, all the elderly ladies, I always had to go see. Yeah, why? So she would make a basket of things and take them to the elderly ladies. I'll walk like an hour or two. Wow. Just going to see them. You couldn't ride on the cows? On the cows? I bet a goat would have been better. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche. Cows are too valuable to ride on. Whatever, but at least you can log a good around. <laughs> Aha! You got me. So every Saturday you you carry the basket and go? Yes, yeah, and go see them, see how they're doing. And she always told them in the morning, I was like, but mom, I don't want to go there. And she would be like, every time you help a weak person, that's where your blessings come from. She said that? Yeah, she'll be like, the only source of blessing they're going to get is helping uh, someone who cannot help themselves. So you grew up with Christian values. Yes. What denomination? It's a Pentecostal uh, or... A, you guys a just... Preceptorian. Uh, mm, uh. So, yeah, that's, that's that's how loving she was. And uh, we use, now we make jokes that every time we had someone at our house, so some lady will come and she's really tired, she can't get to her house and she'll stay at home. Someone will come, they will get sick on the way, they'll stay at home. So we always had somebody in the house. Wow. A visitor, we don't know them. It's just like... They knew your parents. Yes. Not even know our parents. They just, just knows like the my house. My mom will just go bring people at the oh, house. Oh, jeez. She's that kind of woman. Yeah. That's how, that's how she was. She was so loving and all. And she told us that. Um, so that's how we grew up. How about your dad? My daddy was just laid back. Um, <laughs> Because forcing us to go to school. And they worked on the farm, right? Yeah, he worked on the farm. Um, and it was loving too, but you know those African dads? Yeah. You don't say anything. Mm, uh, you know, yeah. Tough love. Tell and me all. about it. <laughs> Working <laughs> responsibility. But yeah, um, he was just like chill dad. Uh, like 
make jokes. He laughed a lot. He laughed a lot. Uh-uh. We just sit together and would laugh. And I used to just go with him always. I'll always be with him. Yeah. Uh, wherever he's going, I'll just be with my dad. Yeah. Um, he just was loving, but not in the way like I love you. No. Just it was implied. It was never affirmed. Mm-hmm. Thank you, African dad. <laughs> Ruining your daughters and one day at a time. You. <laughs> you have to remember that they love you, which you don't remember all the time. Yes, um, yes. What would you say your parents excelled at and what did they suck at? My mom, she excelled at loving, um, to teaching us how to love, and she was a bit tough. That was what she said that. <laughs> I like how she said, bit tough. That means she was really tough. Because Africans yes. would kind of like talk with our mouth, like a tongue in the side. She was a yeah. bit tough. Yeah, she was, she was a bit tough. Um, how about your dad? My dad was loving too. Um, really nice guy. Like, no problems. It was just like laid back. Uh, no complications. On the other side of my mom, my mom was really tough and my dad was really chilled. Wow. Really Usually chilled. having the other way around. I know. You want a my trade family? Like, you have to do this. Like that <laughs> Dad would be like, okay, here it comes again. <laughs> <laughs> here comes the tornado. <laughs> so, yeah, he was that. Oh, yeah. But, um, the sad part was a bit alcoholic. Ah, uh, uh, a bit meaning he was very. Not that very, very. Is it African? You know, African very is like US, like danger, danger, danger. No danger, danger, danger. Okay. Go to the bar and Every day? Most of days. Was he violent drunk or just happy drunk? Happy drunk most mm. of days, but we just go to the bar and come back later, and um, so we didn't get to see him as much. But me, I'll be with him everywhere. I didn't care. You didn't care. <laughs> so I was I guess didn't get to see him, but I was always. Yeah. Uh, most of the times I was just with, with him. him. Yeah. Do you drink alcohol now? No, I don't. You try to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um. So you said that they fell ill and they died. Yes. Within a month. Yeah. Was it chronic or just sudden? It was. It was kind of chronic, but oh. not that bad. It just happened like that. Mm. Well, who went first? Dad. Yeah. Oh. Then after two weeks, mom went. Two weeks? Yes. What? I know. <laughs> what? Yes. Two weeks? Yes. She was still mourning. Did she know she was going to die? Did she? Was it sudden? Or she knew she was going to die? I think she refused to go to the hospital. <sighs> so, yeah. Um... So let's talk about grad school. I think um, it's safe to say the so Claire was having some issues with school, and yes, and that was why um, her her supervisor, who's Korean by the way, sent her my way, and we had a conversation. And that was around the time I released that episode with Puji, my friend. And I remember telling you to go listen to it. And I'm glad that I had that resource because up until then, I really didn't know a lot or how to help. And I always kept asking, I hope I didn't do much damage to you. And I helped you a lot. No, no, you didn't. So here was the situation. <laughs> Claire walked in and, oh, it took a lot not to cry because you could just tell that she was at a point where she needed to make a decision whether to keep on doing her PhD or just drop out of school. And she wasn't sure exactly how that was going to pan out because she came there with a goal to get a PhD. And so she did her qualifiers and she had to take it again. And, and so I let her just, you know, talk about that. So now she, I mean, she's finally done with her master's and she decided that, okay, PhD wasn't for her. And I could tell you that there's been a huge difference between the first time Claire walked into my office and we talked to now. And so I wanted to just talk a little bit about that fear of failing. And I wouldn't even call it fear of failing. I think fear of just finding just what your path is supposed to be. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that before we get out of here. Yeah. So I joined graduate school. Um, bright student. I can do this. I got this tough African kid. What <laughs> can beat me? Yeah. And uh, it was different from what I thought. And my friends had told me about it. Like it's hard. It's just different thing. Yeah. Different kind of hard. Mm-hmm. And I joined. I thought I, I could be able to do it. But um, what happened? I don't know how it started. It's just like few things you do experiments they don't work and uh your boss is not happy about it and uh the way the communication didn't go that well yeah and the lab work wasn't going well and just things went down so she did a lab work by the way she was the what their grad school experience so different from ours they spent all of their waking hours and sleeping hours in the lab yeah 
pretty much, mm-hmm. pretty much. So yeah, that's how I kind of started. And so do you use mouse models and things like that, or you just run simulations? No, it's just that was simulation was okay. Like the modeling was okay. PKP the modeling. Yeah, was but did you work okay. with mouse, mouse and? No, just cells. Okay, cells. cells. Ah, so okay. You draw stuff, these I see. I see. Okay. Okay. And uh, so yeah, that's how I kind of started. And then I did my qualifying qualifying exam. Yeah. So that's usually that exam you write to for them to admit you into candidacy yeah, for a doctoral degree. Yes. Yes. And it's a big deal. Yes. And I felt that. Uh, and the reason why is that again, I guess I'm bright, but uh, you are bright. Just the fact that I didn't know what I was doing, really, uh, that got me. And uh, my committee members were not happy about it. Because I, I had just like a vague idea of what I'm doing or what's like the, the impact of what all I'm that. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, uh, having experiments like fail and failing experiments, moving from one project to another project, I never had like one uh, project that, you're working on consistently. that I could think this is where it's going, this is what I'm yeah. doing. So just like doing some things in the lab and uh, they asked me, what are you working on? I told them, but then I didn't have like solid idea of what is going on, what's mm. happening. So, yeah, I ended up failing my general exam, my qualifying exam. And uh, after that, it was rough. Uh, Mo saw me. She knows how it was. <laughs> I guess it was my first academic failure. Because <laughs> always everything was just like an, an exam. Like, oh, what is an exam? You came all the way from Africa. Like, not to sound like, you know, how people say, oh, she came from Africa. You've overcome a lot of obstacles. Yes, yeah. So that was like nothing in, in the grand scheme of everything you've had to overcome in your life. Yeah, but yeah. Inside and outside the classroom, I should say. Yeah. So it was it was a rough moment. It was really rough. Uh, but Mo was really nice and helpful about it. I have to say that because you're on the podcast. <laughs> but oh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, she was rude. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me took my heart. Really <laughs> to me. Uh, so it's this psychological, you know, <laughs> advices. I'm just telling you things and giving advices, which is really good about her. So she told me, she talked to me, just like putting me at ease and uh, telling me that it's not the end of the world. And through that, I was, I guess, with other help from other people, from God, of course. Yeah. Because I thought over there, prayed a lot. I'm like, God, just do your will. Just yeah. make this show me, show me the way. Yeah, show me the way. What do you want me to do? <sighs> and yeah, I, in the end, I kind of dropped out of the PhD program. I went to a master's program, uh, which was rough too. As I said, I didn't have like a set project. Otherwise, I'll have just taken my data from previous years and just graduated with that. And then building up a project for three months. Uh, That was crazy. uh What do I do in three months? So I had like rough three months from January to April. It was really rough uh, figuring out what to do. And I was using a new software. My my boss didn't know the area that I was working in. Uh, she normally does PKPD, but this specific area of doing temporal and spatial uh, drug distribution okay, yeah. at the same time, uh-huh. was, it's a new thing to her. So it was rough. Uh, I could not even go to my boss and ask, Please, I need your help. It's just like... You have to figure it yourself. Honestly, I have no idea what you're working on. So explain to me what are you doing. <laughs> you have to make sure you worked. You have to make sure you get it right. And then you have to make sure you had enough information to explain to yes. your boss how to get yeah, things done. And, and prove to her that this is what you're doing. <laughs> so anyways, uh, long story short, I graduated with a master's. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that was my uh, graduate school moment. Um, it was... I don't know if it's a failure, uh, but as a Christian, I believe that it was God's will. Yeah. Whatever He planned for me to be and where He wants me to be. But as a person, I viewed it as a failure. Yeah. Because and things had been easy for you. Yes. You've had a winning streak. Yes. Not as if you lost that days, but yeah, things had yeah. gone, you know, incredibly well for you until this moment where you had to learn that. And that's why, let me ask you that same question again. Going back, what kind of good did you say that period? What, what kind of good would you say? came out of it this one is thinking that uh this is not the end of the world yeah. and whatever you plan ahead is not how life is going to be and it's okay because i plan like i'm going to do my phd 
by 2020, I'll be done with a PhD and uh, I'll be working in the pharmaceutical industry. I'll be a doctor, you know, those kind of dreams. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what's going to happen to me. And it's, ne- it's never too late. You can always still decide to come back again and you know, get it done. So she's trying to gloss things over. She, so one of the big concerns she had was, okay, um, in this kind of field that's so super saturated at the moment, and being an international student on a student visa, um, how do you compete, you know, make yourself competitive in the job market with a master's degree when people are entering with, you know, at least a postdoc or even a PhD at the very least? And so those kind of concerns. And I told her, okay, you need to relax. Like, we can't worry about all of that. Let's focus on you now. Like, uh, I mean, and I, I, like I said, a lot of these things I haven't experienced, you know, that kind of failure, but I've, or what, what would term failure, but I have, you know, on some personal issues where I felt like I failed and I've been very open about that. So I drew from that, from those experiences to show some empathy and just to listen and see what I was hearing from her. And I should also add that my, my talk with Puji, which was last year, the, the episode about, you know, grad school and all that really, really helped as well to really understand what Claire was going through. So I guess what we're trying to say is that it's not the end of the world. And she did get a job. She got a job. She's going to be moving to Boston next month. And everything that she was worried about, I mean, it ceased to be a concern. I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard for a job that was advertised for a PhD with five years of experience. <laughs> See that? <laughs> and I'm there with a master's with no experience. So, um, And you, it, the only way from there is up. I, I think so. The only way, and then you can, if you, if you, if they get in a PhD to that dream of yours, guess what? You can always still do it. Yes, yeah. But it doesn't define you. You know, it's your ability to be resilient and to come out from there and learn that lesson and be like, okay, it was good I had this plan, but it didn't work out the way I wanted. What do I learn from this? Yes. So I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, and congratulations on on that big, you know, um, job and all that. So. My first job. First job, yeah. You'll be fine. So the, the feelings of not being enough is still going to creep up. But oh, guess yeah. what? That's just my number one concern. But guess what? Like we've <laughs> talked about that when I mentioned you. I still go through that as well. It's, it's, it's never going to go away. It's just, I don't know, maybe the way we're wired or just not having people like us in this kind of space or just being away from our social fabric as a way. I don't know. There are many reasons or even personality as well. It's never going to go away. But what makes it better is saying it and having people around you that can hear you say it and they can tell you, no, Claire, that is wrong about you. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, and I've told you that sometimes, I wouldn't stand, I wouldn't just stand in my presence and talk back, back about yourself in front of me. Yes, you know, yeah, so it's, yes. it's imposter syndrome. We all go through that. And guess what? It's common in people that are smart. For you to want to care that much and feel like you, it's because you care about what you're doing. So ask questions, remember? Ask questions. Yes. There are no stupid questions in the industry because you're working on specific products now. So yeah, don't yeah. go from your own. Yeah. Communicate. Yes. You know, and use your managers very well. And you just, you're, you're beauty confidence and your competence and, and, and yeah. Yeah, I, we'll see. I'll let you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> you goes. should keep in touch. You should I'll keep in let touch. You know how it goes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that was the show. Good. Thank you for so much for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, I don't, just, I mean, I don't know. Just trust God if you believe God, and uh, if you don't believe God, just <laughs> trust <do> the it. earth. <laughs> <laughs> no, just do trust it. the soil. Just, just the do it. Uh, whatever. Don't just be scared of anything of failure. Of course, uh, that's our biggest. Uh, fear i guess but just do it just do it if you trust god trust that his will will be done in ways whatever you do his will will be done but uh-huh. do your best and if you don't trust him just just do it just go ahead and do it yeah and see what happens yeah and it's one thing i'm trying to capture now it's the nostalgia of the present so let's say you listen to this five years time from now what would you like to tell that claire well oh, i just sounded deep right now i wasn't even meaning to Dang, I'm good. <laughs> like, oh God, it sounded so hopeful. I know. <laughs> Look so, at you now. <laughs> I, I don't know. What would you tell future Claire when she listens to this? You can leave a note for her. Hello, Claire's not on the phone right now. Please drop your number, name and number after the message. Beep. Hi, Claire. Um, 
you made it. You're here now. Uh, you've fought so many hurdles, but you're here now. So keep looking ahead and trust God in whatever you do. Bye, your past Claire. <laughs> Love. <laughs> well, uh, you heard it from future Claire and present Claire. <laughs> well, that was the show. Um, thank you all for listening. It was really nice talking to you about just your nation. You know, Rwanda. And I'm sorry, but though my history is bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It, your history like is when, when. <laughs> it's like, I can do okay. <laughs> it's okay. Your your history is your history is your history. You can't like, Hollywood. But anyways, thanks a lot for sharing. You know, part of your land and you know your your journey and just everything that has brought you up to this very moment. And I am so proud of the progress you've made. In conquering that bit of yourself that was disappointed in yourself as something you thought, you know, you feel that. Thank you. You know, and, um, like I said, it's the only way from here is just up and I wish you the very best. Thank you. You should keep in touch. Don't be like those I other will. students. You should I keep will. in touch. I will keep in touch. And, uh, when you welcome to Boston, make sure you see me. All right. Are you going to come to Oklahoma? You're done with yes. Oklahoma? Oh, no. Come to Oklahoma. Uh, I'll let you know when I'm in Boston. I do have friends in Boston because I used to live there. So, anyways, uh, so this was the show, guys. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to catch up on previous episodes on the website or on Anchor. That's one of my main platforms there. And they actually pay me to, um, I have about a dollar right now in my purse. <laughs> Hey, hey, it's still more expensive than your cows. <laughs> so the more people listen on Anchor, the, the more money you generate. So the more you listen, the more you share, I get to earn more money. So that's what I'm trying to say. Help my ministry. And uh, yeah, thank you guys and have a wonderful day. 